Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us here on the Ryan and Krista Yusta podcast. I say that because most people don't know how to pronounce the last name. It's not Juiced or Juicy, it's Yusta. It's a Dutch last name, if you were wondering. Um, today, we're going to talk about identity. I had the privilege of um, uh, preaching one of the morning sessions for the summer camp meeting uh, fire week for the youth. Um, uh, last week, and uh, the Lord put on my heart as I was about to walk up there. I had a message prepared about identity, but the Lord put on my heart just to say, tell them who they are. So I'm going to kind of branch off of that. Some of you were there for that. Maybe some of you heard it. Um, Most of you probably weren't, but uh, branch off of that. This is something that really the gospel, uh, part of the gospel is who we become. The gospel in a whole, if I was to give like a five-point summary of the gospel, it's uh, life is eternal, man is Man needs a savior. Jesus is that savior. With Jesus, you become brand new, and we're living for eternity. There's, there's, there's uh, an eternal hope, right? And so, part of it is that who we are by Jesus Christ. Yes, it's Jesus died, and it's about what He did and the finished work that He completed. But part of that is that we become new creatures. The Bible says that we are therefore uh, new creatures in Christ Jesus, and that's something that we're learning and growing in our whole Christian life. We never just get a full, I believe, a full revelation. We always increase in revelation, increase in knowledge, understanding that we're loved by God, that we're children of God. But we're going to call this one looking back and looking forward. You know, where you put your focus is so important. People, a lot of times in life, become defined by their most glorious moment in life. You, I think of, I'm a big fan of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, and he wrote Lord of the Rings, and he wrote The Hobbit. And there's a scene in there where he talked about um, towards the end of The Hobbit where they're sitting around the fire talking about the journey that happened, right? And for generations, to, for, for years to come, they could sit around the fire and tell stories about what happened and that the, the difficulty, the year or two years of difficulty that they went through uh, uh, is worth it because on the other side of it, there's this there's the person grows, they become a better person because of the trial, but at the same time, they've got the testimony, right? If we want to give it Christian language, they've got the story to tell about what happened. And, and it's worth it to go through the days of difficulty. Lance Armstrong, um, the, the athlete, said that when I think back, I don't remember the pain that I went through to get to where I am, but I do I, but I now have still I'm summarizing. I, I, I still now have the joy of getting there uh, with steroids. But either way, uh, doesn't remember the pain. When you go through difficulty, you can look back and I can't feel the pain of grinding it out at 930, 10 o'clock at night, working hard, working late, pushing and doing these things. But I still feel the enjoyment of what it produced for me. I'm still feeling the growth of who I've become because of the difficulty. Um, So we go through these things, but a lot of people, unfortunately, don't live out of a place of victory. They don't live out of a place of their past victories. They live out of the place of their past mistakes, and it begins to define who they are, where if you were to write, if you were to write a short story, give me in 30 words, 30 or 40 words, who you are, you may say something like, my name is 
Ryan and I'm fun loving and I like this and I like that. But if I was to say, tell me who you are by your experiences, you would say, well, you know, I was messed up when I was 17 and I got into drugs and it's, you know, I'm the former drug addict, right? I'm the former drug dealer. And some of those can be a testimony. Hey, look what God did in my life. If he can use this, I heard someone yesterday, if he can use this meth dealer from Hawaii, from Maui, Hawaii, he can certainly use you and use it as a testimony. But many people it isn't it isn't the testimony they're they're just saying you know i'm they find their 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 identity in what they did wrong in their fall from grace hey i was daddy's little girl until i got into the wrong relationship and got into sin right i i, I was i i decided and i determined in my life that i was going to be a virgin until i got married until i messed up and now i'm this christian who's trying to get married but i'm not a virgin and it dis, and it and it uh defines who they are and they get their identity from that. Man, I've gone too far. I've done too much. And they're looking back at who they were and they're letting that define them. And that's such a difficult place to be because first of all, it doesn't give room for the grace and the forgiveness of God. You know, that's why looking at Jesus is always the answer. As cliche as it sounds, look, the Bible says, looking to Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, because because of him, we're different people. The Bible says that we're a new creation in Christ. You know, you don't get a second chance. Uh, Being born again isn't a second chance because, you know, if you're not born again, you're a sinner. If you get a second chance, Christianity is not a second chance at life. Please don't mess it up. Christianity is you become a new race of people. When you got born again, you went from human being, child of, you know, in my case, France and Veronique, to child of God, new creature, altogether new creation. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the, there's humans and then there's Christians and we're a different race altogether. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus called Christians. And so God wants us to be able to separate ourselves because we actually, no, I take it back. God doesn't want us to be able to separate ourselves. God has separated us from who we are. And now we let him decide uh, let him define who we are. When you become a Christian, you don't have the right to, to to pick and choose your definition. You have to obey what God says. You have to listen to what God says. If you become born again, you say, God, I give you my life. You're basically saying, whatever you choose to make me, I choose to be, right? I'm putting my life into your hands. And God has chosen to call you son, to call you daughter, to call you loved. It doesn't matter who rejected you. For many people, they were told, hey, you were a mistake. We weren't planning. My mom was told that as a kid. You were a mistake. I planned to have your two brothers. You were not planned. You were a mistake. And for her whole her whole life, she's carried that as part of her identity of I wasn't wanted by my parents. Her mom at some point told her, hey, uh, we weren't planning from you. And when I found out you were coming, I didn't really want you right? When you got there, I didn't really want you. I learned, I love you, but at first I didn't want you. What does that do for a child? Man, I didn't want you. There's no harder words for a child to hear, even people who are adopted. I didn't, I didn't want you. I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, I, I put you up for adoption and, and people live out of that place. And so for, for us as Christians, we have to be able to look at the gospel and, and decide that the gospel dictates who we are. I'm going to read to you from Philippians chapter 3. So Philippians 3, man, I love this passage, verse 7. It says, I once thought these things were valuable, 
Paul's talking about who he was, right? He was a, uh, I was circumcised in verse five. I was circumcised when I was eight days old, a pure blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. So he's looking back at his past accomplishments of like, man, of the whole tribe of Israel, God's people, I was excelling in my field. I was the best of the best. I was the purest, pure, purebred of the purebreds, right? And so he says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Verse 10, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. I'm going to pause here and just note, man, what a crazy prayer. You don't hear people praying the prayer. I want to suffer with Christ so I can die exactly like he dies, so I can share, because I just want to be like Jesus. Man, we just want to be like Jesus. Okay, how about how about you die? Like, man, let's not go that far. But here's Paul is saying, this is actually a desire of my heart to share in the same death that he shared in. Verse 12 is what I want you to see here. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on. Say that with me. Say, press on. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. I want you to say that with me. Say, forgetting the past, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Verse 15, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these these things. Man, that's so awesome. He's saying spiritually mature people have found a way to put their past behind them understanding that even if they've messed up for Paul, it wasn't, it wasn't messed up. It wasn't messing up in, I mean, in his eyes, he realized, Hey, if I was killing Christians, that's kind of messing up. Right. But he was saying, I grew up believing that I was serving God with all my heart. I did it ignorantly. I killed Christians ignorantly because I thought I was serving God. But he looks back at his, his accomplishments as a Hebrew and says, it's all garbage compared to what, what, what God has in store for me. It almost seems like it's easier to lay our accomplishments at the feet of Jesus, but not our shortcomings. But God wants a people who are willing to say, I'm choosing to forget the past. I'm not defined by the mistakes I made. I'm not defined to what I was addicted to. I'm not defined by by this, you know, this time in my life where I messed up and I went off the rails. I'm not defined by that. I'm defined I choose to be defined by who Jesus said I am. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, uh, I call you children. The Bible says that God, the father himself loves you. Jesus said to us, the father himself loves you. And he said, abide in me and my words abide in you. And so God has set up for us that we have a new identity in Christ. But he even tells us, stop looking at the past. And I'm going to tell you where to look. He said, look at ahead, press, press on for the prize. I want you to see this because we, we ask, well, what do we look at? What's ahead? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, it says, All praise to God. Uh, sorry, let me read verse 6. To so be truly glad, there is wonderful joy ahead. 
Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So he's saying, be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead. God is telling us, look ahead and see the joy of what's ahead and focus your eyes on this. Spiritual maturity comes from being able to not focus on the last thing you did wrong. You know, they say you're only as good as your last whatever, fill in the blank. For me, it was you're only as good as your last sale. You're only as good as your last in in ministry. You're only as good as your last message, right? And that's how mankind judges. You could have people who are doing really well and then for a week something goes wrong and oh, what's happened to them? They've fallen off and people judge you by this and you can almost create this like timeline of events and you allow your identity to be formed around that rather than looking to Jesus and who you are in Christ Jesus. It's these new creation realities of who we are in Christ that matter to us and looking to what's ahead. Man, I may have made mistakes in the past, but the Bible says I'm the righteousness of God. I may have allowed my circumstances to dictate to me. I may have allowed temptation to come, but this is a new day. I'm turning over a new leaf because of the gospel. I'm setting my sights on who I am in light of the word. The Bible says, be perfect as I am perfect. Man, that's awesome. I'm going to choose to set my eyes on on who God has intended me to be. Lord, do a work in my heart. Lord, do a work in my life. Lord, do a work in my mind. Help me to think the right thoughts so that I can be fully pleasing to you. God has a great plan in store for you. But set your focus on that. Don't let yourself be dictated. A lot of people, and this is going to help somebody, a lot of people get around a group of friends and then they get categorized with those people. You've, The Lord has done so much in your life, but you start hanging out with a certain group of people and you almost like take on that identity. There's different friends. You see it. There's different friends that, different, that bring out different sides of your personality. And for some of you, there's friends that you really have no... no there's there's no reason you still need to be spending time with them. You aren't their missionary going in to save them. Like you, you change when you get around them. They don't change when they get around you. And that's a problem. For many people, they keep this old identity just because of the, the people that they keep around. You know, it's funny. You know, I used to, I talk about weight loss, but I used to be 70 pounds heavier than I am now. But there's certain friends that I get around, friends that I have still that I had when I was heavier, that when we get around each other, we both just want to eat more because it's what we used to do. We used to get together and be like, let's go to get Sonny's buffet, all you can eat buffet. So when we get around each other, I said it to him the other day. I was like, hey, man, when we when we're together, like we just we're reckless with the way we eat. We're just like, yeah, let's get dessert and starters and meals and whatever. Just order it. Let's do it. And he laughed. He's like, I do. He's like, I've never liked this when you're not around, but there's certain friends that bring things out of you. There's groups of friends that you need to say goodbye to because they're bringing out a past identity of when, when you were in the world, when you weren't serving God, when you weren't on fire from God. And it doesn't matter what you say, but they, they treat you like who you were, where you need to choose your friends wisely. You need to choose your companions wisely. Eagles hang out with eagles, right? And so looking forward at what lies ahead, the joy that's ahead that God has for you. God has a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. And he's got something for you to focus on. Stop looking at your past and letting your past dictate who you are and, and the decisions that you make. You know, and this is also the key 
to finishing strong. I get calls from people, especially a lot of the salesmen that, that I used to work with, and they call me and they're like, hey, what's the key to like finishing out the year strong? What can you tell me? And I to always tell them, take it one day at a time, you know, because so many people can look at their whole body of work and be like, man, this last year, this year has just fallen apart. I'm just ready for this year to be go, be over. But it's like how you how you perform today makes a difference in the rest of your year. You can decide People who wait, oh, I'm going to make changes next year. I'm going to make my New Year's resolution next year. Start that stuff today. Like, be the person you want to be today. One of the things that the Lord showed me that really helped me before I was married, even before I had met Krista, is the Lord showed me and said, be the husband that be the husband for her now, even though you, I hadn't met her, right? Be the husband for her now. What does that husband look like? Be that person now. Is that husband texting other girls? He's not texting other girls. Stop texting girls, right? Is that husband going on people's Facebook and Instagram and looking at people's profile pages? That that husband's not doing that. Carry yourself like that husband. Man, that'll preach. You better, somebody better shout and better watch out what you're doing on the internet. But, but... <laughs> But if you, if you make those decisions now, who is the person God has called me to be? If you're called to ministry, are you going to wait till you're in full-time ministry till you act like a minister? Carry yourself like a minister now. Carry yourself like you're in full-time ministry. I ask people this, this question, and it freaks them out. If, if you were handed a ministry, if you were the president of, of a ministry, if you were preaching at a church, at a thousand-person church, and it was your church starting this coming Sunday, what would you change in your life? If you're called to ministry, this is a real question. If you, if you had a week of meetings that started tomorrow and you were preaching every night, what would you change about your personal life? Would you all of a sudden be like, man, I better start praying every day? Well, you should start that right now. Be in the word. Look ahead to what God has from you and start shaping your life by that. Stop looking at your past and letting it hold you down. Some people are, have felt like they're underachievers their whole life, and they let that dictate their decisions and their actions. But that's what we got for you today. Stop looking back. Look forward. God's got great things in store for you. We love you. Please screenshot this and post it on Instagram. That's a great help for us. Tag us on Instagram. We love you. Thanks for listening. You guys are awesome.